Hello and welcome to Heartbeat. Today I share a message with you that I know is going to bless you. In life, we all worry about lots of different things, but that's not the life that God wants us to live. So as I share this message, I hope that you are encouraged to step into the life that God has for you. After I share, Rosemary will be leading us in a time of prayer, so I encourage you to stick around and to really reflect on what God is doing in your life. I pray that today's message blesses you. Now, what I want to share with you today is something that I'm very, very good at. I contemplated whether or not I should share this because it's not nice to boast. But I thought, no, I will. I will share it with you. And what it is, is that I am very, very good at worrying. I can worry about anything. In fact, even on days where I have nothing to worry about, I worry about the fact that I have nothing to worry about. I worry that I've forgotten to put something in my calendar, that I'm missing an appointment, that I should be somewhere. I tend to worry and I overthink. Is there anyone else out there who's a bit of a worrier, who thinks they can give me a run for my money? Yep, that's right. Worry is something that we can all relate to. Worry, stress, anxiety is something that we've all experienced in one way or another. But I'm here to tell you today that God doesn't want us to worry. He wants us to trust in Him. He doesn't want us to worry or to be stressed or to be anxious people. I, on a Saturday morning, I did it this morning, I go to an activity that's called Park Run. And what Park Run is, it's a five kilometre walk or run. I'm closer to the walk. And it happens every Saturday at different parks around the world. And it's a free event. It's all run by volunteers. And when you sign up for Park Run, you sign up online and you get a barcode. So when you go and do this five kilometre run with everyone, at the end, you get a time. So you scan your barcode and you get a time. And you're really competing against yourself. So I know when I started two years ago, for me to do five kilometres took me 38 minutes. Now I can do it in just over 30. So I've dropped my time by eight minutes. But there are some people who finish it in 15 minutes, you know, so I'm by no means very fast. Or if you want to walk it, it'll take you an hour. So you can choose how you want to do it. And so I've been doing it for about two years. And it, like I said, it's run by volunteers. And after a little while, I thought, you know, I should put my name on the volunteer roster because I'd like to give back to being part of it. So I put my name down for the position called tail walker. Now, the job of the tail walker is to come last because then they know when you've been the last person to cross the line, they know to stop the timer because there's no one else behind you. Now, because we do it in a public park, you have to keep track of who's doing park run and who's just a normal regular walker runner who's not part of the activity. Now, the week that I knew I was coming up to tail walker, I could not sleep. I was having nightmares. The night before, I couldn't sleep. I was having nightmares that I would get to the end of the run and I would cross the line and they'd stop the time and then someone from behind would come and they'd be like, hey, hang on a minute, I'm still going. And then 
I've stuffed up the job of the tail walker. I was so stressed. So I've done it once, but I haven't done it again because I stress and I worry about those types of things. I stress and worry about, you know, if I go to the shops, am I going to be able to park? And if I decide to reverse park, will there be someone close to me who is watching and my three-point turn turns into 10, you know, back, forth, back, forth, you know, those, you've all done it. Um, You know, I stress about those things. I stress that if I'm at the shops and I get too carried away and I have too many things, so I decide to walk back to my car, but I'm not actually leaving the shops. I'm just going to put my stuff in the car. What if someone comes past and wants my park and I have to be like, oh, no, sorry, I'm not, I'm not going. You know, one of those, I'm just putting my stuff in, you know. I worry and stress about those kinds of things. I like to be a bit of an organised person. If there was a scale of organised to messy... So organised is over here and messy is all the way over here. And then in the middle, you've got organised messy. I'm kind of closer to here. So I'm not really there. I'm not definitely not down there, but I'm kind of here. So I might have a pile of papers, but I know kind of there's an order to what's going on. That's what I'm like. Now, two years ago, I decided to get organised because I run a small business hiring out sumo suits. I've got a picture here of my sumo suits. These are my sumo suits. That is my shed. My shed is filled of about 30 sumo suits. So we don't park our car in the garage. I have sumo suits. And so two years ago, I had a big weekend of bookings coming up. So I had to get all the sumo suits ready. And sometimes I need to deliver them. So I've got some shots here. This is how I have to pack my car. So they go in denim bags. So the whole boot is taken up. And then also the back seat as well. It's got the floor mats and then the helmets. So I was getting organised for this particular weekend because I think I had five bookings. And the reason I was getting organised is I was going to Melbourne to visit my husband who'd been working away. And our daughter Hannah was going to my mother-in-law's for the weekend. So I had to rearrange some bookings so that I could go on the trip. And so for weeks in advance, I'm thinking about, okay, I've got to change this customer to this time and this to this. But if they say they can't do that time, okay, these are the three alternatives that I can give them. You know, you're thinking through what are the logistics. And well, this was in March 2020. And I've been stressing about this for about three weeks, knowing I'm going on this trip to Melbourne. And then the week that I'm meant to be going, just, you know, a small thing happens in the world, Um, something like, you know, a pandemic. And slowly over the week, people just start cancelling their bookings, just like, oh, I'm a bit nervous, don't know if we should do it, so they just start cancelling their bookings. And I remember after all my bookings cancelled, thinking about how stressed I'd been, how much I'd thought about it, it consumed my thoughts that I would get it all right. And I thought of this scripture, which is in Matthew 6, 34. It says this, So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. And it was, well, it's probably happened to me a few times, but it was certainly a time in my life where I was like, this scripture is so true. My daily worries are enough, let alone thinking of tomorrow. And none of those things in the end even happened. In the end, I didn't even go to Melbourne for that weekend. So I didn't need to worry, but we all do it, don't we? 
We have our daily worries, getting to appointments, stressing about different things, events maybe that you're organising, birthdays, weddings, celebrations. Think about, you know, when we go somewhere, will I know anyone? What will they think of me? Will I trip on the stage when I get up? None of you thought of that, but I did. Um, You know, and then we go to our more serious worries that we all have in life, more than just our daily worries that come and go. We worry about, like I said, what people think of me. I worry about you know, whether I'm enough, whether I'm capable, whether I'm what they want, whether I can get everything done, whatever everything is for me that day. I worry about my future. I worry about my children. Will they be okay? And I worry about parents, my parents. Maybe you worry about your parents. You know, for me at the moment, my daughter Hannah, she's going to be turning 16 very soon. And when you turn 16, because my daughter has an intellectual disability, she qualifies for the disability pension. And on my mind at the moment, and it is stressing me out, is I've got to do all this paperwork. And it's not the paperwork, it's the coming back and forth and having to do it 10 times part that I'm, like, stressed about. The actual paperwork, I actually really like filling in forms, so that part's fine. Um, But it's, you know, all the other back and forth, back and forth that it's going to take. And maybe you've got stresses like that in your life, medical needs, physical needs for yourself, for other people, mental health needs. Maybe there are financial needs. You know, there are all these things in our lives that we stress and we worry about. And as I've shared, my anxiety and my stress can build up and can build up so much that it just completely consumes me. It's all I can think about. And I become a grumpy person. Do you become grumpy if you have stress or worry? And To me, it's kind of like, I've got this balloon here. See if I can describe it for you. Every time you get stressed and worry, you add a bit of air into this balloon, all right? So, you know, something happens in your life, you get a bit stressed, so you fill yourself up. You know know how it's just like sitting there? You start to get all anxious. Something else happens, gets a bit more... And you know how it can build and build to the point that, you know, you're going to crack? And you know when you wake up on those days and you're like, any moment I'm going to lose it? Because it could just be I'm going to drop literally my groceries and that's like, you know, the last straw. And you don't know, though, when it's going to be that you're going to pop. At any point, it could pop. Are you getting stressed right now? Are you waiting for it? You know, that at any moment, it's going to pop. And that's what stress and anxiety does to us. It builds and it builds so much that it consumes us. But as a Christian, I don't want it to consume me. I want to be consumed by God. I want him to consume all my thoughts. I don't want my stresses and worries to consume me. You know, I want to shift God back into the centre of my life because as a Christian, that's what I want to keep doing, just putting God back in that centre place, back to where I want him so that all my thoughts and my actions are consumed with him and his love. And St Paul in the book of Philippians shares us with us a scripture that I have loved for many, many years and because I stress and worry, it's a scripture that I pray about a lot. So I wanted to share that with you today. And it's in the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verse 6 to 7. I'm going to read from this version here, the NIV. And it says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, 
by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, Paul is writing this while he is in prison. And he's telling the people of Philippi, don't worry, pray about everything and God will give you peace. Now, if I was in prison and I was writing to you, it would probably be, woe is me and please send chocolate. You know, I don't think I'd be saying, don't stress. You know, but this is what Paul says to us. He says, do not worry, pray, give thanks and receive peace. They're the four things we get from this scripture. Do not worry, pray, give thanks and receive peace. So the first line, do not worry about anything. Anything, your daily worries, do not worry about them. The bigger things in life that stay with you due to different situations, don't worry about them. But instead, we should pray. Instead, we should pray about everything. So when you worry, it should be a trigger in your mind, I've got to pray. Because when we pray, we shift our focus back to God and then we can bring him back into that centre of our hearts instead of the worry and the anxiousness. And it says we should do it with petition. You know, I think of petition as like a lined piece of paper and you've got, you know, all people's names, names, names. It's like, because you just got to keep going back to God. Keep going back. God, I'm stressing about this. Oh, better pray, go back to him. Stressing about this, okay, go back to him. God just wants us to pray. But we have to do it by giving thanks. And the way I see that, giving thanks, it's about speaking out who God is. So God, I don't want to be stressed about my sumo suit business. I pray that you would be with me in it. And Lord, I give you thanks because every time I have asked, you have shown up. You have made a way. And always talking about who God is. And that's why prayer is important. Because when you pray, you get to know God more. You get to know who is his faithfulness. You get to know about his goodness and his promises. And then finally, this scripture, which I love, it talks about the peace of God. Now, we don't get peace unless we've first prayed and give our worry to God. We can't jump to the peace. We have to actually give our worry to God and ask him to come and be at the centre of us instead of the worry. And we're not just talking about any kind of peace. You know, I think often we think about peace as the peace that comes and goes with conflict. Or if I just get through this event, then everything will be good because then you feel peace. But that peace comes and goes with circumstance. It's like if you've seen the movie Miss Congeniality, which I love that movie with Sandra Bullock and all the beautiful beauty pageant girls, they always ask, what do you want? And they're like, I just want world peace. You know, that's how we think about peace, that if there's no conflict, then we'll have peace. But that's not what God's peace is. God's peace transcends, as the scripture says, it goes above and beyond, it surpasses. It's this intimate peace that we can have that stays with us even through the struggles. It is consistent, it is constant. God can give us that peace. And the scripture says, when we get that peace of God, it guards our hearts and our minds. You know, if you think of a guard, you think of someone standing in front of you, protecting you. So Jesus Christ will come and he will guard, he will stand in front of you. And that means that your stress or the stress and worry in life has to get through Jesus before it can even get to you. Because Jesus is right there protecting your heart, who you are, and he protects your mind, which 
That's where our thoughts spiral out of control, isn't it? That's where the anxiousness comes from consuming those thoughts. So when we pray and we give our worry to God, He will come and He will give us peace and He will protect us by guarding us. And that's why I love this scripture because, to be honest, sometimes I get a bit lost because I'm like, I want to do something. With this, it's telling us what to do. We need to pray. And we need to invite God back into our lives. We need to invite him back and shift our focus back onto him. So when we worry, we can pray with thanksgiving and then we receive God's peace. You know, the more and more in my life, I'm learning more. Everything is just about God. Everything. Everything that I do, everything that I say, everything that I want to be is about him and having him in my heart more and falling more in love with him. And the funny thing is, the more that I want to do that, the more he fills me, and then the more I want to do that again. And so in my life, when I am stressed and anxious, which, as I shared, is a lot, I just got to keep going back to him, and he will fill me with that peace, and I know it works. So I want to take some time now where we have a bit of chat just with the people around you, and talk about some of the things that maybe we stress and worry about and what you share is up to you. And I just want to focus on these three questions and take a few minutes to do that. So these are the three questions. The first one is, what are some of the silly things that you have been worried about that you didn't need to stress about? You know, sometimes you stress about things and then you rock up somewhere and no one else has even thought about that thing and you've been thinking about it the whole week. Like, so what are some of the silly things in life that you don't even need to stress about? The second question is, do you find it hard to give your worries to God? And if you do, why? And if not, maybe why not? Maybe there's something that you can share with the other women around you about, you know, why you can trust in God, why your relationship you find with God is such that you don't have a problem giving your worries to Him. And then finally is, do you have a scripture verse that you hold on to during those times? And what does it mean to you? When Emma shared a few weeks ago what she was going to share today with me, the scripture that came into my mind was, be still and know that I am God. But when you actually look at that scripture where it is, it's not I've just gone away on a retreat and I've got quiet in my life and calm and Jesus comes along and says, yeah, You know, just take that stillness, just take that quietness. It's in Psalm 46 and it's verse 10. But Psalm 46, when you read it, it talks about a battle, an army that God's defending his city and his people. And we're going to read that right now. Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, 
Though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. So if you're in a difficult situation, if you're under stress, if you look at it, it looks like that they, there's, you know, tsunamis happening, there's volcanoes happening, the mountains are trembling. My life circumstances aren't going well. God says, don't look at that. Know that I am here in the midst of that with you. He says, he tells us, God is in the midst of the city. It shall not be moved. Another translation says, God is within her. She will not fall. I love it. And I know the her was talking about the church, but am I not part of the church? So I often reflect upon it personally. God is within me. I will not fall. He is my defender. He is my refuge, my help in time of trouble. God will help when the morning dawns. The nations are in uproar. The kingdoms totter. But he utters his voice and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, Behold the works of the Lord. See what desolations he has brought on the earth and he makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. Drop your weapons. You don't have to defend yourself because I, the Lord God, are defending you. Know that I am with you. I am in control. When I raise my voice, the earth melts. That's what it states here. Don't you want to be on the side of God when He raises that voice? Because He raises the voice of of command. But He was also talking about the voice of love and refuge and safety. And the people of God can come to that refuge. We are safe. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. So when you feel overwhelmed and you feel like crawling back into bed, because there are days, Know, know that you can walk with your head held high because God is our refuge. He has his loving arms around us, guiding us, protecting us, standing guard as Emma shared. Nothing can come and destroy us because our God is with us. And you can say, but there's so many people, like even look at the war in Ukraine. I just read today about um, two priests who are um, in some jails being tortured in Russia because they decided to stay behind to be with the people. God said, the world may not like you, 
but it will not destroy you. And he's talking about our inner life, our eternal life. No one can snatch it away from us. We're the only ones that can reject it. It's available to all. That's why Jesus died on the cross for all. And yes, there are some who are martyred and tortured and beaten in the name of the Lord. But they're not touched by the Spirit when they ask God to come and save them. But that's very few, really, that get martyred. We sometimes feel we're martyred. We sometimes feel the elements are harming us. But we have to know He is our strength. We will find safety and courage by trusting in Him. He's our ever-present help. We don't have to fear the many perils around us, these great perils, no matter what happens. God is in our midst. He's in our junk. He's in our circumstances. He will not let us fall. God has this mighty power that is available to us. But he does say, for those who call upon his name, be still and know. Be still. Know that I am your God, that I will come to your rescue, that I will protect you. I will look after you. I will restore you. I will heal you. There might be a time of grieving because life happens to all of us. But God is there even in the midst of that. He is there for each and every one of us. You might think, look, I'm in a job and it's really difficult. God placed you there. He knows. He desires that you bring what you have. To where you are. You might think it's not much, but you're there for a purpose, not just for yourself, but for other people. Just in Kmart, three days ago, I went to look for some photo dots. I've got photos that are in my frame and they keep falling. You know, you put it in and you make it straight and then you clip it all shut and it just keeps dropping. And I was picking up something else, actually, from the service desk, and I asked the girl behind the counter, do you have anything like photo dots? It's the only thing I could think that they would describe like. And she goes, I don't know, but she, uh, another person who worked there had just come out of a door, and she turned to her and said, this lady's looking for some photo dots. Do you think you could help her? And... She looked a bit dishevelled, but she said, yes, I'll have a look. I, I don't know. I think they might be called that too. So she looks on the computer. She looks on a little thing, device that she's holding. She found the code. So then she looked up the code and found the aisle that they were in and she walked me over to the aisle and we found them together as they're looking along the, the thing. And she turned to me and said, sorry, I've been crying. And I thought, wow, if I was crying, I wouldn't be telling anybody. Even if you look like it, you just pretend that everything's okay. 
she would have been all of 20 years of age. And I said, oh, what's happened? Have you had a bad day? She goes, yes, it's been some customers have just been terrible. I said, oh, that's not good. And she said, but the worst thing, and she says, I've been here six years, and you'd think by now I'd be used to just when things happen. But the worst thing is, my managers didn't come and rescue me. My managers didn't say, you know, are you okay? They just let me get barraged. And I was standing there by this customer. And I said to her, because I don't know if she knows God or anything, I said to her, you're good. Look what you've just done for me. You're a wonderful worker. Thank you. And not everyone is going to be a bad customer. May God bless you with a good customer and good managers. And again, I wanted to hug her, but you've got to be careful, don't you? So I just touched her on the shoulder. And she, she just looked at me and I looked at her and she said, thank you. I wasn't going to Kmart to find a, a, a young girl who was crying. But God used me where I was to share some heart with her, to just tell her, I see you. I saw you crying. I saw that your managers didn't care about you, but I have sent someone to tell them, tell you, I care about you. God equips us along our journey. And sometimes you think, I'm not equipped enough, Lord. That's so then we can call upon him more so then he can equip us again. We can take on more because I don't know about you, when Bruce and I were travelling in America and we're dragging these suitcases around because he was still doing daily devotionals. So he had a whole suitcase of lights. I was the tech crew. Tell me what to do. What am I plugging in to where to what? And over four and a, three and a half weeks we were away. Oh my goodness, our muscles are so strong. At the beginning they weren't. But near the end we're going... What, if we made these suitcases lighter or something, it's so much easier. We built muscle. On our journey of life, God builds muscle into us. But he does want us to know, to be still, that he is the Lord. He died for us. And it's that death and that resurrection that he's given us eternal life is forever. And every day I can claim it. Every day I can ask God to help me in my life. Because that's what he says. I will be with you always till the end of the age. Not till we're aged. Till the end of the age. So I keep claiming it. Lord, I know you. Learn. Teach me to know you more. Teach me spiritual muscles. And then I'll be able to carry the next thing you have for me and the next thing you have for me. Because God wants us to be perfect. He's not happy with 50%. And I'm not saying that someone's 10% isn't their 100% because even God says that in Scripture. I'm talking about though, He does sometimes load us with things in our life. So are we going to trust Him more? Or are we going to do it in our own steam? Are we going to worry? 
Are we going to try and carry the bags ourselves? And we can do it a bit for a time, but then no, it's like the balloon pops and we all fall apart. We don't want to fall apart because we want to be available to like a 20-year-old in Kmart, available to share with them. Because God uses us. He has chosen us to participate, to co-labour in reaching the world, in reaching other women specifically. Because we're good at chatting, we're good at talking, we're good at loving, we're good at cooking, we're good at sharing, we're good at making people feel welcome. And God uses all of those gifts. Thanks for joining us today. I hope that that message really blessed you and I hope that you had an amazing time in prayer today. Until next time, I hope you have a wonderful week.